0: Well, as we mark Canada Day this year, there has been much talk of late about what divides us as Canadians, what we disagree on. But a new poll from a prominent British pollster, Lord Ashcroft, found that isn't really a reflection of reality, at least not according to his extensive survey of 10,000 people. Instead, it found that Canadians, for the most part are proud and hopeful in a modest way, of course, as he was at pains to point out. And that even on contentious issues, we tend to agree more than we disagree. And when we do disagree, we don't disagree violently. We don't disagree in a way that is us versus them. We tend to sort of be able to understand the other side to a certain extent. And we're not all that divided on what really matters. Canadians, he says, seem a lot more confident, empathetic, proud, and trusting of their own democracy and national identity than the loudest cultural voices would often suggest. If anything, Lord Ashcroft said, uh, he told the National Post in an interview, civic life in Canada is growing a bit scratchier with outsized attention paid to noisy extremes. But he found no entrenched polarization, no seismic social divisions. It is an interesting result. And to join us now with more on this is Charles Breton. He's the Executive Director of the Centre of Excellence on the Canadian Federation at the Institute for Research on Public Policy in Montreal. A fascinating study. Thanks for your time tonight to talk about
1: it. That's my pleasure.
0: This paints quite the portrait of uh, of the country that we're in right ahead of Canada Day. Of course, always interesting. Um, what stood out for you? There were some some things that were, I think, not counterintuitive, but certainly it shows a country that is relatively uh, not divided. <laughs> to use a double negative,
1: <laughs> I, I, I think it depends on what you expect, right? Um, I've I've uh, I've done a lot of of that kind of stuff uh, uh, in my career as well. And there uh, are two things that people tend to expect, right? They tend to expect people to be divided um, to some extent, and they expect from year to year lots of change. Uh, and it turns out that's never the case, right? So people are probably are not as divided as we, as we might think or as we, as we can gauge if, if, if our reference point is, is social media, for instance. And from year to year, which is not the case in, in this particular report because it's just a one-time thing, but when you look at year to year, there aren't a lot of issues on which uh, public opinion changes swings from one side to the other. Um, So anyway, so if, if that's what you expected, you're surprised because what uh, this report tends to show is yes, there are, there's disagreement here and there, but overall um, um, uh, there's more, maybe agreement, or if when there is disagreement, it's at the margin. It's not like, it's not a polarized across the board where you have, Half of the population on one side, and the other half on the other side on, on a bunch of questions. It's really not that. And and I think to me this is interesting and not surprising because that's what I would have expected.
0: Yeah. How does that? You you spend a lot of time in this space. How does that jibe with what you've already discovered?
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I think it confirms uh, a lot a, a lot of what we've looked at. Um, again, I think. It's normal that people disagree on questions, right? So you see in the report, for instance, uh, uh, questions that are about uh, what to do with the death or what about deficits, right, and taxes. Those are questions for which it is a uh, uh, completely normal to see people disagreeing and to see conservatives voters think one 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 thing and liberal voters think another that's not polarization it's just politics and policy right so it's just having a conversations about important issues and so we see that in a report and that's something that we see time and time again in in polling and there is disagreement an important one like on, on, on questions like climate change and again this is an important issue for society that doesn't mean that we're polarized and we can talk about it it just means that we kind Disagree as a society on on what we should do. So again, this I think is in the report. It's it's things that we see um, uh, uh, in past uh, uh, research as well. And one thing that's important to know also is that we tend to I I say we tend maybe I'm 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 guilty of that and, and others are as well to look south of the border and to think that things are similar here. Um, When you look, for instance, at immigration, questions on immigration on the report, um, it's on immigration improve country, uh, uh, improve the country. You can see that everyone kind of agrees with that. Whoever they voted for in the last federal election. So there isn't a polarization on immigration, for instance, in Canada that you would see in Europe that you would see in the US. So we have to be careful about importing what we see elsewhere as, as a phenomenon and thinking that we are seeing the same thing in our country.
0: What's interesting about it, too, is that if you listen to the political discourse, for instance, it would suggest a more divided country than Canadians seem to think they live in. Uh, And it's interesting that when asked about it, people seem to be quite happy with the country they live in. A lot of people seem to think Canada is going relatively in the right direction, even. Um, And and certainly our political discourse over the past few years, has, at least from on the conservative side, has seemed to suggest that that's not the case. So what do you think is going on here?
1: I mean, different things, right? So, uh, and first of all, it it shows why polls like this, and this is a huge one, right? It's 10,000 respondents. Uh, It shows why it's important because quite often uh, people who disagree with the ways things are going will speak louder, right? We'll be louder. We'll do like the truck convoy, for instance. And people who are quite content and, and happy with how things are going won't go out in the streets to say it and yell it, right? Um, and, but more often than not, uh, they are the majority. And we tend to think and and Many uh, politicians will use that talk about the silent majority, right? Well, the silent majority more often than not is quite happy with how things are going and they stay silent. So I think, I think we see that coming out of that report as well. And it's important to, to, uh, to mention it. And another thing that's important to mention, I think, when you're looking at results in the report where you see a lot of polarization or where you see a group on one side and a group on the other, one group at the extreme is the People's Party. And when you just look at graphs, you're like, oh, okay, there's a big spread there. There's a big distance here. It's important to remember that they did not even get 5% in the last election, right? So that group that you see over there is not equal to the other group that you see in the middle. They're much less important in terms of numbers. So that's also important to keep in mind.
0: Um, What portrait do you think this then paints of Canada on Canada Day 2022 as we head into it? Uh, Because there's been lots of talk about who we are, where we're headed. Uh, Certainly the pandemic has had a huge impact on the way we think about things. Uh, What kind of portrait do you think this and and other work paints uh, your work uh, of where we're at right now as, as a country?
1: Yeah. I don't want to overplay the consensus. Uh, like I said, I think there are big issues on which we disagree. But I also think we don't need to overplay that role. I think there are conversations that we need to have. And for instance, like in in some of the work that we've done, and by we I mean I'm part of a the IRPP and, and the, the center I lead is part of a group called the Confederation of Tomorrow. That re- that group a group which. Uh, uh, includes uh, the Environics Institute, Canada West Foundation, uh, a series of organizations across Canada. And we do a poll every year. And we see, for instance, on reconciliation, uh, we see disagreement there. We see Indigenous people feeling like we haven't done enough on reconciliation and non-Indigenous people feeling like we've done enough. So there are conversations there that will need to happen. And not everything is perfect and people disagree. But here again, uh, when we talk about, but what about the future? Are you optimistic about the future in terms of reconciliation? There, both indigenous and non-indigenous people are uh, optimistic about the future uh, for reconciliation. So again, we disagree, but there's a willingness to talk about these things and to try to try to uh, 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 to improve things. Uh, so I think this is this is what we need to remember: um, that yes, there is disagreement. But it's not a polarization situation where both extremes don't even want to talk to each other. And a lot of this disagreement, to be honest, also that we need to keep in mind is, is cross-cutting, right? It's not two groups that map on those two groups, on two extremes on every question. Like, for instance, age is becoming more important for issues like cost of living and housing, right? It's not left or right. Young people can't afford to own a house. And this is becoming much more of an issue. Right. So there's cross-cutting cleavages here. Uh, that means that we can also, in a way, talk about these things because it's not the same group that are opposed on all of the issues.
0: I'm speaking with Charles Breton. He's the Executive Director of the Centre of Excellence on the Canadian Federation at the IRPP in Montreal. We're talking about a huge new uh, survey that's been put out by a British firm. Lord Ashcroft uh, is responsible, or at least uh, his company is, really uh, painting a portrait of Canada right ahead of Canada Day 2022 as a place where there are disagreements, but uh, that overall, we don't see the kind of polarization uh, that sometimes is mentioned, uh, both in the media and by politicians. We certainly don't see the kind of polarization that we uh, are often used to seeing in the U.S us when we come back we'll talk a bit more just about uh, what that might mean for politics in this country if there is in fact uh, a lot of room for optimism a lot of room for dialogue uh, which is something that is often spoken of as, as not happening in this country then where does that leave us and where should we go from here that's next My guest this half hour is Charles Le Breton. He's the executive director of the Centre of Excellence on the Canadian Federation at the Institute for Research on Public Policy in Montreal. We're talking about a a very large survey that was done, 10,000 people uh, in Canada. It paints a pretty interesting picture of this country, one that may not be counterintuitive, but that many people here are happy with the country itself, uh, not overly pessimistic about where we're going in fact quite optimistic in many ways that we disagree on quite a few fundamental issues uh, but that our disagreements are not uh, are not fatal in many ways that there is always room uh, at least for now uh, for dialogue that must be encouraging in some ways because i think you're right i think we do look to the us a lot and we see this sort of you know, these camps, these evenly divided camps this very polarized society. And that may too uh, be exaggerated. But in, in our case, it looks like there is a lot of room for us to sit down and have rational conversations about some of the issues that uh, some of the more important issues that confront us these days.
1: Yeah and I think one question where you see that is is when you you ask people what's the most the most important problem that Canada's facing today or what are their worries and you see that there's kind of agreements as to what are the issues whether it's the economic situation cost of living you see a lot of mental health which I found surprising uh, at the top of people's mind across across party voters this is interesting because if we agree on the problem, it means that that which problems are important. It means that we can sit and then think through the solution. And there maybe we'll disagree, but at least we agree that there's a problem that we need to fix. Um, one place where this is where this might not be as true is climate change, as I mentioned before, where I think there is disagreement as to whether this is an issue or not uh, uh, between. Uh, liberals and DP voters on one side and conservatives on the other. But again, there are many issues uh, um, uh, on which people agree that this is a problem that we need to address. And, and that's interesting because if you were to do the, exer- the exercise in the U.S., my guess is that Republicans and Democrats would to some extent disagree on what are the major issues facing the U.S. One, country say, one, one, one party saying it's immigration, for instance, and the other not even registering immigration as an issue. So at least- We seem to agree on what issues Canada should address. And then it's just a matter of discussing and and, and having that discussion about what's the best solution.
0: Uh, given your experience at this, this might suggest a pathway for politicians in this country that perhaps a silent majority of Canadians aren't too interested in this talk of division, aren't too interested in this talk of, of polar opposites, that don't see people with different opinions of their uh, uh, from their own as being the enemy, quote unquote. Uh, and it would suggest perhaps that politicians should recognize that too, that maybe the talk of division in this country isn't something that will land with a whole bunch of voters, at least according to this survey.
1: I mean, it's you're right. And, and we'll have to see what, what happens there. I mean, it's hard to because politicians have a role to play here. Yes, they reflect the discussion that the, that society is having, but they can also play a role in polarizing people and the way they're talking about these issues. Um, so the causal arrows for polarization in the way goes both ways. Right. So the society can get polarized and then politicians follow uh, that polarization, but politicians can also be a cause of that polarization, and so we'll see what happens. Uh, who leads the conservative party might might have a role a role to play there. We'll see, and how the liberals and the neo neo-demo- Democrats, new Democrats, um, um, answer that will, might play a role. So we'll have to see. But I think reports like this one are important, and it, it's it's something that politicians, people having. Uh, 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 a place in that discourse should pay attention to. Whether they'll listen or not, that's a separate question. Um, But I think it's interesting in highlighting how much we have in common more than how much we differ.
0: One thing I did find interesting, and you already touched on it, was the idea that, uh, that, that mental health and cost of living were the two top of mind issues for a lot of Canadians. And when you think about it, even just two years ago, those are not things we would have been talking about necessarily.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think um, um mental health i think there covid plays a role right so we've um uh, the confederation of tomorrow project that i've talked about it's a survey that we do with close to 6000 canadians every year and we started in 2019 and then 2020 2021 2021 and then we did we just did 2022 so we have data before the pandemic during and after and we we can see it becoming an issue with the pandemic um cost of living is something that is even more current now, um, so we'll see. I mean, it, it's important to note that that question, which is a question that we also ask and that other polling firms ask as well, like most important issue, um, uh, what's top of mind, these things will move around, right? So cost of living with inflation right now is, is definitely top of mind for a lot of people. If you'd asked that question maybe three months ago, maybe not that high. Mental health is one that I see maybe sticking around a bit more. Uh, we've seen it again, like I said, creeping up during the pandemic, um, and depending on how people, how things improve or or not in the coming months, we'll see what happens. But I I, I do feel like this is one that that is is likely to stick a bit more.
0: Uh, Shal, is there overall an overall sense in the work that you do and in this report, this latest one as well, that Canadians still have faith in the institutions that govern them, whether it be the courts or politicians or so forth, that we still have faith in the way things are structured?
1: I think so. I think so. And, and there again, it's important to note. So, it, and, and it's interesting because, again, like I, I, I said at the beginning, um, we tend to expect and maybe this is just because of political polling and and the horse race where we see vote intention move around. We tend to expect public opinion to move around, and it doesn't on many issues. And and one good example of this is uh, in our in our Confederation of Tomorrow uh, a project. We ask questions about you know what government what order of government is best at managing healthcare? whether it's the federal or provincial which government do you trust most to represent your interest interest whether it's provincial or federal and you would expect that if something would change the way people see their provincial government or their federal government um, um, something like the pandemic might affect it and if the pandemic does not affect it I can't think about what would, and and we didn't see any change, right? So the the way people see their government or the way they feel their interest represented by the government uh, 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 did not change with the pandemic. So those are 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 public. Those are attitudes that are to use the word that I used before, quite sticky. They don't move around. Those are our deep, uh, uh, deep-seated deep beliefs. Um, and if the pandemic is not changing those, I, I don't know what would. And so that's, all, that's also something that's important to keep in mind. And yes, there are regions in the country that are more aggrieved than others, to use that word. Uh, um, the prairies, of course, Alberta, Saskatchewan, but Newfoundland as well, and Quebec as well. It's different. It's a different sentiment, but it's there. And one thing that we, we keep repeating um, uh, based on our data is that, for instance, there is more differences on many issues within Alberta than between Alberta and the rest of the country. So if, there, if you had to ask me which province is the more polarized, Alberta would be my answer. Uh, uh, on many issues, it doesn't really it is not really meaningful to report the average for Alberta because we basically have two polls on many questions. So Alberta definitely is, is, is more polarized than other provinces. But again, uh, on many questions, Albertans agree with the rest of the country anyway. So I think that's also something that, that needs to be repeated. Charles Boton, thank you so much for your time tonight. It was my pleasure.